What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Against All Odds podcast. I'm here with Sheldon Tweedy. If you guys have just been following along, you know I've just been interviewing my teammates. Well, Sheldon here is from Australia. He's interviewing, uh, or not interviewing, he's interviewing with me, but he's on trial with the Tulsa Roughnecks right now. Um, but we've trained together for a few times before. He's on YouTube. I'll introduce him later. Uh, but let's roll the intro and let's get started. All right, so Sheldon, introduce yourself. And if nobody knows who are who you are, who is who is Sheldon Tweedy? So I'm 22 years old, born and raised in Australia on the beaches. And I guess I was a beach boy a little bit, not too much. That's probably the time I spent most with my friends because in my area, no one really played football or soccer. We just, well, everyone kind of went to the beach. And so I got into that a little bit. But now I'm 22. I played all my football in Australia. Played with Manly United in under-11s. This is a brief history of my football career. So from under-5s to under-10s in Australia, it's very like you can't progress, really. You just play for your club team. Is it like that here? Uh, well, now it's getting a lot better okay. with academy teams. Yeah, yeah. So there it's like you just play for your club team, just see if you like it, and then go mm-hmm. from there. So 5 to 10, I was amazing. I was, like, killing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then under-11s came. I actually looked at my stats the other day. With Dad, I scored one goal throughout the entire season for yeah. the rep team. But oh, I was like one of the first players picked. And I was like, wow, maybe that's why I got dropped. So from under 12s to 15s, I had a very like up and down. I was in different teams and just wasn't finding my feet. But I knew that I could keep pushing through and find somewhere. Under 16s, broke back into Manly United, which is the, the kind of second division in Australia, I guess. And then just did really well from there and started... YouTube started for me when I was about, man, 19, I think. 19 turning 20. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously, you love Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. I actually introduced Matt to Gary Vee. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> and he was talking about, like, building yourself up. You could be a B-grade or a C-grade celebrity mm-hmm. and build yourself up to an A-plus just by picking up a camera. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I have I doubled in my YouTubing abilities when I was younger, as I showed you the other yeah. day with my FIFA gameplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think a couple of them trading videos got to like 10K views, man. But uh, yeah, just wanted to push through with the videos. So I just started putting out random content and then... I decided to do the 365-day challenge the day that I left from England, uh, well, from Australia to England, mm-hmm. trialed over there a heap, and then came back, and now I'm over in America, and I've done, oh, man, I've made 850 videos or something. Yeah, it's, all about you trying to get a pro contract. Yeah. Yeah, and you've, and you've been over England, Spain, and then Australia, and then now here. Yeah, so the, yeah, that, I think that's the only places I've been for it. Uh-huh. But... This one's looking promising. Yeah, that's good. Um, really good. So now instead of going through in depth about your career, since so much the majority of that is on yeah. YouTube, if you guys haven't seen him, go check out Sheldon Tweedy on YouTube. All the stuff is going to be in the description, Instagram, everything. Um, but so I, I just figured it's like your whole life's on there. So yeah. let's, let's do like more discussion topics, questions and stuff like sure. that. Um, but yeah, so and we've you've been here at Tulsa now for, what has this been, two weeks, two and a half weeks or something? Yeah, I think... Well, what did I, I came in uh, on the s- Friday because you finished, yeah, 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 Friday. So like two weeks exactly. Was it last week? No, yeah, the week before. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, two weeks and a day. Two weeks and a day. Wow, yeah. I've been living with you for two weeks. Fifteen days. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so it's been good. It's been good, and you, I've, it, 
had this I have seen you train with like the guys who haven't been doing everything and I've seen you train now with the full team and like mm-hmm. on my team against me everything and, and like I said like I think you fit right in uh, obviously I, I mean I wouldn't even have introduced you to OPSM or even been like yeah hyped you up to come over here if I didn't think that you could be a pro in the mm-hmm. first place and then seeing you play now it's like yeah you fit right in it's just all about finding the right setup that needs your position that's will that has a foreign spot you know exactly and so that's what we've kind of been talking about so if not here it's just about the next opportunity next opportunity somewhere yeah, yeah. i had a really good meeting with jeff the other day mm-hmm. and i should be finding out sometime today or tomorrow about where i'm going to be going or if i'm even staying here like, yeah preferable you never know especially yeah. with the amount of trials that it looks like could be lined up mm-hmm. we're really planning I think that's so important for a footballer to plan like 15 trials Mm -hmm. and then if you only have to go to one great you just and i said this in my vlog the other day if you have to say to the other 14 hey i signed here those 14 now go oh yeah that's interesting okay thanks for letting us know and they'll keep an eye out for you whereas if you just reach out to three now those other 11 kind of they never heard of you yeah exactly i was in like i'm like an applied math major and so I'm like always thinking about it like mathematically. Yeah. Like if well, if one per- if literally one percent of the teams get back to me, and I send out a hundred emails, one team's gonna get back to me. So if right, I send yeah. out a thousand emails or a thousand texts, a thousand phone calls, ten, then ten are gonna get back to me. You know, so like that's how just like I feel like it works. Yeah, applied math. Yeah, applied mathematics. <laughs> Didn't get the degree, but I got close. <laughs> just have like two more semesters left. Um, um, but yeah, so it's good. And then um, and I think this is such a good time to be in America too. Like you've talked about it in your your videos, but um, we have the MLS as the first division. USL Championship is where I play in the second division. And then for right now, as of now, um, from what I'm getting, it's so complicated. It literally have to make a new video every single year talking about our pyramid. But the third division right now, I think, is the NISA or NISA, which is the National Independent Soccer Association or something, um, and the USL League One. So that's a the NISA is a completely new professional yeah, league. Yeah, so that's why I found out the other day that NISA, it's kind of like having the APL in England mm. and then also having another APL in England that is still considered the first division. Yeah. But it's like the third division. So what's third division in England? Like League One. Yeah. So it's like having League One in England and then having another League One that's still third division yeah. but owned by another organization. Like, and we've done that before. I think back in 2017 when I was with St. Louis, um, it was MLS and then USL and then the NASL were both tied for second oh, division. Second. So, yeah. And the year before that, it was MLS, NASL, USL. So we were in third. Like Orange County was in the third division. <laughs> And then I, then the next year I was in the second division, but there was two second divisions. And then the next Man. year after that, NASL completely folded. And then so that 2018 year was when I went to New Zealand, and so many other people had to go outside of the U.S. because literally eight teams, eight professional teams, completely folded. Yeah. So that was like there was less pro teams there had been in many years. But now with the USL, the USL League One, um, and then the NISA or NISA, there's like a whole abundance of pro yeah. teams. So it's a good time. To I'm be hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping Nisa stay up. Yeah, I don't want them to fold. And I think I think that they'll for sure. Hopefully, you know, because the more teams the better. But hopefully, I think for sure they'll have two years of like you know because I'm sure owners and everybody will have enough budgeted out for two years. And if it flops or folds, it's going to be in 
a couple years from yeah. from now. And I'll have that on the CV, but yeah. that's if I even go there. Yeah. And so it's but like we said, it's a good time to be in America. There's a lot of teams, abundance of teams, all looking for players. So I think it's good. I think it's a good. It's the right time to come to America. Definitely. Um, versus like 2018, I've been like, don't come. Yeah. Because <laughs> even pros with tons of pro teams on the resume had to go out of the country because it was just not that many teams. Yeah. Um, but now, so I was thinking we go through some questions. I, I put it on my Instagram become, at become underscore elite there and said, go. ask a question. <laughs> Let's try to put it on the podcast and uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, <clears throat> Do you get many? Yeah, I got a lot. I don't oh, know how you. many, but I, I, yeah. there's a lot of, you have to weed through a lot of the same questions that oh, you yeah. always get. Did um, you say my one? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about that. Now again, t- tell me what happened today. Oh, I mean, look, let's just say... You have to explain it too because some people listen. If yeah. you're on the video podcast, your boy is the uh, tennis football... Football t- tennis football. Football tennis champion. Doesn't... Look, I can see in your eyes here. Just like, damn, I want that. Yeah, like I've said, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it was a good game. Uh, we had a couple, but Sheldon Tweedy prevailed once again. Three two in games. I was man. not happy. Three two in actually four two in games. Uh, four two. Yeah, because if you count that extra one that we played after. Oh no no no! That was a, that didn't count. I count. Okay. We're three two in the series. All right. Well, if you just count the championship fights, it's one nil England, one all New Zealand, two one. Yeah. So it's two one. Two one. Okay. 2-1 for the championship games. Yeah. Championship right. fights. I want to call it a fight. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, and that's going to be it for the soccer tennis talk. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get on the questions. So G Campero 10 asks, uh, do you think it's a better chance to go pro? This is going to be a good question, I think, for us specifically. Do you think it's a better chance to go pro through four years of college soccer or four years of just looking for trials? Okay, so for me... That's, it's tough. I, for me, I don't know enough about college soccer to give my opinion about getting a pro contract. Mm-hmm. What I will say, though, is if you really want to have... Let's say you want to become a doctor, you need a degree. You can't become a doctor without a degree. Yeah. If you want to become like a YouTuber or if you want to become... What's something else you don't need a degree for? Like a football coach. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a degree, then college is pointless. There's no point. So... For me, how I look at college is it's great to go to college if you need... I can hear... Ah, you can't. (laughs) It's great to go to college if you need... Or if you need that degree, it's... And you can get that full scholarship. Man, you get a free degree. Mm -hmm. And you get to play football. You might even have a chance to go pro. But if you kind of think you're not up to that pro level, I say to guys in Australia that are like decent and want a degree, I go, man, go over, just get a free degree yeah. and leave, get out. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of actually getting a pro contract after, my opinion on it, this was like one of the things I looked at, was you look at the, the draft for the MLS, it's very tough. Like the fact that they can go out and get Zlatan Ibrahimovic for their team, they can mm-hmm. just buy anyone they want. Why are they going to take some guy who's, what are you, how old are you when you come out of college? 22. 22. They're going to take some guy out of college that's 22 or they're going to take some guy that's 18 out of their academy. Mm-hmm. So the way I look, like, that's for me what I think. Your battery is real low as well, by the way. Oh, good call. So for me... Yeah, keep talking, I'll get the... No worries. So for me, that's how I look at it. Obviously, I don't know enough. 
Uh, and maybe for Matt, like he didn't even go to the draft. You didn't go to the draft, did you? Um, I was eligible for the draft, but I didn't get drafted. Okay, so like I just think at the end of the day, and you see Matt's route to getting a professional contract, it was leaving college and actually going overseas and trialing somewhere. I was actually at my one of the clubs I was trialing for in Sydney in MPL one. This guy came from... It looked very similar to a Wake Forest logo. Uh. I don't know what college it was. But the coach was said, oh, yeah, we got some guy from American University. I don't really rate players from college. I, You know, if he came from USL, then I'd look at him differently. But, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just college. Yeah, it's, it's tough because, like... Um, and it's always, like, the best route is always hard because it's, like, well, what works for you? There's so many variables. Like, for me, at 18, I think I was in a different boat, like, in a different situation than when you were at 18. Because mm-hmm. I feel like at 18, um, like, as a soccer player, you were a better soccer player than I was at 18. And so I, I, and I think that. And, and so it's, like, at 18, there's no way. If I would have gone on trial after trial after trial for four years... I don't think oh, I would have developed, okay, I see you know? What you're saying. Like, yeah. I don't think I was ready. I don't think at 18 I was ready to go and enter into the professional world. I was just delayed with my, um, not even my growth, but just as my as a soccer player, I was delayed. Your, your soccer growth. Yeah. So, like, I didn't feel like I was even ready for the pro trials until four years of college. And so that, so it was good for me in that I had four years um, to just have played a really professional, even though it's college soccer is not professional, it's a professional, like, environment. That, you train every yeah. day, five days a week. Um, the season's three months long, but you have a spring season and you're with great coaching, great players. Um, you can play PDL as well to supplement it. Um, so I think if, you know, at 18, you don't have pro opportunities, pro scouts or agents really, you know, getting you ready into the, to the pro world, then yeah, college is a great time to spend four years to continue to develop and then go chase it. Um, but it's so particular about like what's better for you. If you're 18 year old and you're thinking, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm not having that much college interest. I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not getting recruited by USL or MLS teams right now. And that you think that you can just go over and into like, you know, cause it's tough. Like you've done it. I've done it. We've gone over. It's tough to go to a different country and get it's, a pro contract. The, I think the hardest thing is to find somewhere you can consistently play. Yeah. If even like that, that's kind of the toughest thing because once you lose a year of playing, that's where you learn the most. And so you miss that, then yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And so like college is good because you get four years of consistent play, four years of training, five five days a week. And it's hard to even go abroad and to find a team that trains five days a week. I just know? think you need to assess yourself. That's yeah, the biggest thing. Yeah, that's the biggest answer but right there. I always say if you want a degree, like you need a degree for what you want to, let's say you want to be a footballer and then a doctor, man, just go get your degree for yeah, free. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you have to assess where you're at right now, assess your goals, assess yeah. you know, what's most important to you. And then you have to choose the right path for yourself. Um, But in terms of the better chance of getting a pro contract, um, it's like I said, it depends on your situation. Yeah, there's no answer that says, yeah, go to C's or go to college. Yeah. Um, The next question, it's tough because I've sat there at 18 and you're like, crap, I know I got to figure out my life. It's it's tough. Um, Next one by Miranda Mario asks, uh, how do you know you should stop trying to be a professional soccer player? So like when is a good op- like a, when you yeah, think yeah. you should give it up like I, when you when would you know it's time well to give I it up? always see there's always like one or two guys and I think it's in your video as well I'm 27 I'm 28 when should I stop mm-hmm. when should I stop trying to become a pro and I know your answer to this because we've spoken about it before. yeah 
But for me, I actually made a really, I made a video on it, and I was gonna say really good because the response on it was amazing. Uh-huh. Try and remember what I said. You you answer your one. I'll try and remember what I said. Uh-huh. I I I think there's two sides to it because I think one is like, I think there's a fine line. I've talked about this. There's a fine line between having like a good chance at being a pro and just not giving up even though you've you know for example it took me 12 to 16 something team trials before i got a pro contract you know i was told that i would never play d1 soccer by my high school and club coach now i kept on believing i can sign a pro contract and i could play d1 soccer like some people would have been like you're delusional another but like i had a belief in myself but i think there's like a line of like okay well how there are people that in no way will they ever be able to play pro just from, you know, they're 30 years old, have (laughs) nowhere near the proficient level of skill work, going to need another 10 years of hard training, but, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But it's hard to be like, where it's it's a gray area, it's like a scale, you know, it's not like a very cut and dry answer, delusional or or whatever. And so like, it's, it's tough because it's like, you really have to evaluate it again, assess yourself, like, am I being delusional or do I just need that right situation to come up? Mm. And for me, I felt like I wasn't delusional because, um, like for example, when I was going for a pro contract, when, when I would get turned away from a team, it was like, look, we really like you, but just this one reason. Or look, for this reason, no. Or I would play for a PDL team, become the starter with San Jose Earthquakes U23, leading goal scorer, and other guys on the team would be, why are you laugh at that? <laughs> You're not a goal scorer. I was leading goal scorer for the San Jose Earthquakes. Is that the team. first time in your career? Nope. College? I scored 17 goals in college. As a right wing? No, as a striker. Oh, that's right. You're a striker. Yeah. Wait, were you playing striker for San Jose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I moved, I only, I've only been playing right back since 22. Oh, 20, my, 22, wow. 22, 23, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I was good. Wow, so my time might still come. Huh? My time to become a right back get Honestly, pushed down. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think right back is definitely more natural position. But yeah. like, I mean, I was scoring goals in the San Jose Earthquakes U23 team with other players who were pros. You know, yeah. had had played pro level, and I was starting over them, scoring more goals. So I was like, I didn't think that was delusional at that time. You yeah. Know? So for me, what I always say is, if you're happy doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. there's no reason to stop. Even if you want to sign a pro contract, and I kind of go against you a little bit here, like if you're happy chasing a pro contract and you may not be up to it, but you believe you are, like people say you aren't, but you believe you are and you're happy, there's no reason to stop. Mm -hmm. But if you're 28 with kids and a wife and you're letting down the family by not bringing in enough money or not spending enough time even then I was going to say not spending enough time with your kids but a lot of people who chase their profession don't spend time with their kids again that kind of depends that's a situation for you but if you're happy and you're yeah so continuing with that but you're not also living off your parents so you don't go hey dad I need 20 grand to go overseas mm-hmm. I mean I've made like every dollar that I use overseas mm-hmm. and that just comes from working I always say you've got to work off the field as well it's not just about you know people think you've got to put 16 hours in a day but you know it's work off the field with agents connections money is so important as well so man you're not doing any harm to anyone if you're 23 yeah. let's say you're American in Germany like, dude, you're living it up. You're playing yeah. football. You, I don't know. You might be getting a few chicks on the side. 
wasn't. I wasn't referring to you. <laughs> when you said Germany, you pointed to me and then said getting chicks on the side. I did not mean you. <laughs> so Mimi, I don't know where that's coming from. I did not mean you. <laughs> Ask everybody. Okay, I'll use a new, uh, if you're Australian and you're in Germany or anywhere across the world and you're happy there's no, like, you, and you're not doing danger to anyone. Yeah. Like, you've worked your money, you've got your money. Like, you've worked hard on it. Yeah, no, I well, agree. Why, why should you stop? Because I think a lot of people think they should stop because outside sources tell them to, yeah. like their parents, saying, do, like, especially if you're living at home, that's a tough one. I've been lucky because my dad is so supportive mm-hmm. and, you know, wants to see me succeed. But if you have a family who isn't supportive at all and thinks you should be going to college and doing this and that, yeah. then it's tough, but... You know, sometimes you just don't listen to your parents. Yeah. And I think it'd be different too. Like, for example, if you just weren't a good player, I don't think your dad would be as supportive as for you to go after it, you know? Yeah. Because like, that's like what my dad has been so supportive for it. But he's like, I'm supportive because you've performed at the semi-pro level. You've you've scored 17 goals in college at D1 level as a goal scorer. Yeah. Natural goal scorer. (laughs) Um, But like, he kept on being like, you performed right right up to that level. Yeah. But like, if I was cut from my high school varsity team, never made junior college team, never played college, I'm like, dad, I'm going to go over to Germany, play pro. He'd probably be like, okay, but you're paying for it. You're doing everything yourself. You don't have a backup plan. And again, like you said, okay, if I had $10,000 and I wanted to do it and that's my dream. Who cares? Go for it. Again, like you said, you're not hurting anybody. (laughs) No. But but I agree. If you are really sacrificing other parts of your life that is is taking a toll on you or others, then yeah, you have to kind of, again, self-evaluate your life. And, you know, Matt and I, it's almost like I feel like when I get these comments saying, when should I stop? I feel like people want me to watch a highlights tape or yeah. something and go, no. Nah. Yeah, it's like, exactly. dude, just if you think you're good enough and you're happy doing what you're doing and you're not da- putting anyone else in danger, do you. Yeah. Like, yeah. man. I agree. I think it's simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, how long do you want to play for? Like, what, what age? Do you oh. have an age or do you have a goal? Or do you I don't have- know. I'm still, what, 22? Yeah, you're young. I, I think I can play to 40, but... Mm-hmm. I'm so young that it means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this one is pretty much... So this is mainly for you, but I think I've had things with this. Um, have you ever had a coach tell you you're too small? And if so, how did you respond to that? Dude, you were a weenie. Don't even try and I know, get I was, out of this. I was. I was. I was tiny. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I think the best one... Man, so... I won't say the team I was in. Yeah. But I was with this team... Uh, anyone that knows the journey will probably know, but don't comment it. Yeah. Uh, so I was with this team and it was a professional side. I was with their youth side uh, for a year and I was kind of like a train on player. So you have the squad of 16 and then you have like eight or so players who train with them to make like 11 v 11s yeah. and things like that. Anyway, the year, year after the other coach got promoted and a new coach came in and so we did the trial process again I went in and I didn't play any games the season before but I thought I did quite well go in and then do my trials whatever and I get a phone call from the coach at the end of the trial process I think I made it to the final trial I'm pretty sure I did and the coach calls me and he says yeah look technically you're better than some of the players we've picked Mm -hmm. so technical wise I'm better but you're just not big enough to compete in the league that we're going into next year because they were going into MPL 2 
first grade football mm. and they wanted guys that could compete with men. I went, dude, really? You're going to tell me that technically I was better mm-hmm. than some of the players, but I'm not big enough? I went, far out. That was kind of, that was one of the moments where I went, okay, I know I'm like, I know I can play. Yeah. But that was just the one that stuck out to me the most. Apart from that, man, all throughout, like under 11s, I think I dro- got dropped from under 11s. They said I was too small, probably because I scored one goal. Um, like so many times. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. I met like still to this day what, um, I think I got dropped from the first grade team of somewhere because they just said I was Oh, and like just another one when I charted a team more recently they said well they didn't say much to me he's just said I was a really good player everyone thought I was going to sign and then they signed a 6 foot 2 striker mm-hmm. and it's like yeah okay. <laughs> and it's hard because like different coaches will rate different things better like yeah. there's coaches that you know I've seen that really are looking for athletes you know mm. they're looking for just strong fast physical and then that's not all of the players on the team but majority of the players are stronger faster yeah. physical you have other players that like coaches that like to do more direct style of play so they'll have like you know center backs that just are the typical i'm just gonna you know yeah. big strong win headers and ping it up you have coaches that are like i want to play more ticky talk i want smaller guys more technical so it's like like i've been told that from some players that oh you're too small i've been told from other coaches that it's like oh, you know, you're just too much of an athlete. Mm. Like we want, we're playing more, I want somebody who's just more technical. And so it's like every coach is going to rate something, you know, looking for something slightly different. And so I think like when you take that information, it's like for you, the coach is like, oh, you're too small. For me, it's like, oh, we want someone a little bit more ticky-tock or you're too small as well. It's like, okay, find a different setup, a different team that will rate you and is looking for your skill set. I almost just laugh at it now because it's... uh... I mean, I don't laugh at the coach because they obviously, like you said, they have in mind what they want. Yeah. But I laugh at it inside and go, okay, it's just like, it's not my team. I'll go yeah, the yeah, next yeah. One. And all you need is one coach, like you said, applied mathematics. <laughs> if you guys didn't know, Matt actually did applied mathematics. Yeah. <laughs> and I just need one of those coaches to be like, yeah, we like you. And I reckon that happened with me this year with Parramatta where the mm-hmm. coach really liked me. I was technical. I started every game uh, the day I went in and what I got 10 goals in 13 games mm-hmm. because he showed that belief in having a smaller guy against yeah. man yeah and it works and then I think at the same time it's like what even what you're doing and, and like when you take that information back okay coaches can see that as a weakness that is something that can hold me back I'm going to try to improve it a little yeah. bit you know like what you're doing now you're having two extra protein shakes a day trying to uh, slowly gaining because you don't have to turn into a you like you will never be a physical monster on the field <laughs> debatable debatable <laughs> but you can add 10 15 more pounds where people are like oh yeah he's not tiny he's just a, he's a smaller guy but he's not tiny you yeah know? and the same for me it's like okay like the same you know i went through a growth growth spurt and i also worked out and put on muscle but it's like uh at the same time it's like oh we want more ticky taka type play we don't we're not just looking for that fast yeah. wing back it's like okay i can start to add a little bit more rondo session i can work on my technical yeah. skills because, you know, if I add that up there, then people are going to go, look, look, he can play Tiki Taka and he's fast. You know, he's, it's the both. Exactly. Yeah. Find that combination. Yeah. Shame they'll look at the videos and go, damn, he can't play football then. <laughs> I need to work on that. Um, where do you see yourself in five years and in 10 years? Oh, wow. So, five years. So, I think I'd want to be playing, wow, five years, I'll be 27. Yeah. Still playing. Is this where I see myself or where I want to see myself? Um, where do you see yourself? 
Okay, I see myself. So, I see myself signing... Okay, US... It'll be US... It'll be second or third division in America for the upcoming season. That's where I see myself this year. Having... Let's say it's third division. We go up the season after. So, well, that's two two years gone because I play a season in USL. I have another season in USL, so that's three years gone. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go play A-League. Actually, it depends, but this is just a very rough idea. So A-League, A-League for two years. Well, it might not even be A-League, but I think A-League will be a good stepping stone. And then hopefully on that second year playing soccer is because I'll be 27. Mm-hmm. That's where I see myself uh, with, there. with a good line of progression. Yeah, and I think that's how I say Of course, man, it might be USL this year, MLS, APL. Yeah. Like... Or at the same exact time, you could get a phone call from Godwin or anybody and be like, yo, I got a trial for you in Finland. Yeah, exactly. Pack your bags and then you leave. So that's kind of like how I see my progression. And then after that, so that's my fifth year, so I'm a soccer So then after two years in the A-League, I want to get a move somewhere else at 27, which I think is possible. Um, And then go who knows where. So 10 years, I'll be 32. And, oh, that's tough because it's not... Maybe like in my last year or two in Europe. Mm-hmm. So then, thirty four, I return to the A League and play. It's a good career. Yeah, um, that's kind of how where I see it. And right now, and we've, we just you just already answered that you want to play pretty much for as long as you can. Yeah, like I don't know. You think how many years do you reckon you got in you? Um, so I'm twenty seven. Uh, it is tough because I've like thought about it a lot. Um. And I don't know, like five years at 32. Um, started. So five years at, so five years from now at 32. Um, I think if I have a good series of progression or like I'm in, I continue to have a really good setup somewhere, um, and I'm happy continuing to play, I'll continue to play. And like if I'm, you know, whether that's in the USL, whether that's over in Europe, whether that's Asia, wherever, like I, if I like it and I'm happy, yeah. I can still see myself playing at that time. Um, but if it, I'm still kind of like at the same level where I've kind of been like, you know what, I'm ready for the next step. I'm, you know, I've had a great run. I'm happy with what I did. Um, yeah, I could see myself as well at 32 being retired. Wow. So like, I, I don't know. I yeah. really don't know. But like, if you just, it's just take it day by day, season by season. But right now, as of today, I a hundred percent want to play next year. I a hundred percent want to continue to play. I a hundred percent. And so if I still have that same feeling at 32, I'll still play. Just keep going, yeah. yeah, but I at this time, at, even now, especially with like Mimi, and you know, I'm looking for like you know, because it's like I'm 20, I'll be 28 next season. That's yeah. all. That's like starting a family, starting to do everything. <laughs> so you know, yeah. in 10 years, so at 37, I I'll be done playing. I, there's Man, no you'll way. be on your deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, 37? No, I think 37. I wouldn't want to, unless, for example, I have a crazy progression, progressive run-up and I'm in the MLS or something and I, yeah. now I can play in somewhere and make good money again at 37, I'll, I'll still play, but yeah. When you're 45, will you play in like some local team just for a bit of fun? Maybe, but I don't know. I almost at the same time think that like once I'm done, I think it'd be too frustrating to drop down to that level yeah, and continue right. to play. Like I, I would want, I'd be, I would want my facility and to have and to train and do it, stuff every day. Yeah. And I would play like five aside and stuff like that there. 
but like I don't think I would want to play 11 v 11 with old guys anymore like yeah. especially at that level I've, I've watched like men's league stuff like even like a more higher level men's league I don't know Bruh, I, the best I did 40 years old and then you go into the MPL in Australia and you just start raking in the cash because you have such a good CV. Yeah, then I, and, and then, I, I have to live in Australia. And then, you're, and then you're 40 and you just sit up top as a striker or as a winger and just don't run. <laughs> no defending because they know you're so good. That's going to be my aim. <laughs> um, tips for other athletes. Oh, this is a good one. Tips for other athletes slash football players looking to make videos about their journey. Tips. Uh, do you want like if you're doing it every day or if you're... Tips, I think... I mean, we've, we've spoken a lot about our videos and stuff, and I mm. think one of the most important thing is to not have, like, don't just sit in front of the camera and talk. Like, when, you, when you're making a video, you have to think, what will people want to see? So one of the things I said to Dad when I left for here, I said, I think in England I didn't show enough of like the emotional aspect of moving from one country to another. So I just wanted to capture more of that sort of thing, whether it's like, I don't know, being home alone without anyone or going to training and what the training is like and how mm. I'm feeling. Uh, in turn, what was the question again? It's just tips for football players that want to document their career. And then... To make videos about their journey. You know, I think on top of that, the big concern for players and YouTubers is I need to have a million subscribers. It's just like I started putting out content because I wanted to document my journey. Mm -hmm. Just document like the, and this is for you as well, I'm sure is it's would be so cool for when we're like 70 to show this to our grandkids or whatever, yeah. or our, even our kids when we're like 50 or 60 and say like, this is what I did. Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I look at it and like having people watch is awesome but if you, like I said to you today a lot of YouTubers oh no it was yesterday they start and they just want the money yeah, and yeah. YouTube kind of cut it off and I said that's great because it brings in those creators who actually want to make videos just to make videos so mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing for me I see and then like don't think you need like a Canon 80D that we're filming on yeah or a Canon G7X. I get, what do you film your games on? What do you film your vlogs with? What do you edit your vlogs with, man? Just use your phone. And mm. if you have to edit on your phone or edit on your computer, like, yeah. I don't know, people try to go, try to make excuses for not starting. Like, yeah, I got to like 5,000 subscribers or something with an iPhone 5 and editing on the free version of iMovie. And how many views? Like, heaps. Yeah, lots. I don't know, yeah. but tons. And then like, I then I got to... 100,000 subscribers with a GoPro Hero 4. Yeah, and I hated your video. <laughs> I was like, dude, this guy's re videoing on a GoPro 4? <laughs> but it worked. That's yeah, the I thing. I got 100,000. Literally, because it's, it, it's just, I, I, like, I did the same thing. I was like, I just wanted, I saw so many like videos like about free kicks and all the, you know, which are great. I love the free, I watched the free kickers. I watched F2, but yeah. it was like, for me, I was like, and I almost, when I got to the, in Germany and chasing after a pro contract, I was like, this is, a lot different than I expected for good and for bad. So I was like, I just felt like I'm just going to show the real, 100% real side. And with that approach that you said too, this is going to be so cool to show my kids, show my mom watching from yeah. back home. And that's the I, other thing. I literally was just like, I'm just going to make videos about my life and showing it, documenting it, not just sitting, but being like, look, this is the gym I'm in. Yeah. This is the field I play on. And this is the, the 
bratwurst that I had for lunch yeah. today. And like, I just thought that just, I'm just going to start showing it. And then slowly but surely, you know, with good content and just effort, consistency, like week after week after week, it just slowly yeah. grows. And even if it doesn't grow, like you said, I'll show my kids when I'm 70 yeah. years old. If, even if I had like, what, after two years of vlogging, maybe I wouldn't do it every day because if I had 100 subscribers after two years of vlogging, I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. But I'd still want to document something. Yeah. If anything, like it means my dad and Claire, whoever's home, whoever's watching, Lucy, they watch and they don't ask me a million questions. It yeah. kind of, it narrows down that time as well. <laughs> so it's like, I don't have to tell dad the same story that I tell Lucy and I can just, you know, put all that out there, everything. And I, I like, I'm a really big, like I, even when I was a kid, I was making movies with my camera, yeah. like and everything. So like, I love just actually making the videos. And like, we've talked about that, like, you like making the video, or you like having the video made, but editing's not like your favorite part of the yeah. process. For me, I really love the editing process. I love making all that stuff. It's time, it's time consuming, but I love it. And so like, even for me, I would still do it if YouTube gave me zero money. Yeah. I, and, and I still had people watching or even no people watching, I would still put the same effort in the videos because I love making those videos. I think it's clear in like our videos, you prefer the editing and the, I don't want to say the final product because I like that as well, but it's like you prefer the editing side of it mm -hmm. and I prefer the content. Mm -hmm. It's even though you do like the content, it's like I do it every day and I just try and get as much content from that day out because I want to show as much as I can. Whereas you show less with yeah. more editing, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And it swings both ways. Everyone, well, it's clear. Everyone likes seeing everyday vlogs and everyone mm -hmm. likes seeing your vlogs which are a lot more processed process yeah but i can't do that every day no yeah, chance no, it's, so it's like content versus editing and it's like well both are fine it's like yeah. whatever um yeah and i think the main thing is stay consistent like literally if you do like what you did oh yeah two year, if you do it if you put out consistent videos every single day you're gonna get better your yeah. people are gonna start liking and seeing your videos it's just a, again a math equation you put yeah. that out a video and 10 new people see it you do that for 100 videos there you go. That's a thousand yep. people. Eight hundred and forty videos later. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'll do a few more questions. We're like thirty-five minutes into this. Uh, oh, this is a good one for you. Um, what is the biggest difference between that you have noticed between? Let me restart that question. That's my bad. <laughs> what is the biggest difference you have noticed in the quality between MPL three um, and the pro level? Um, well, I haven't played a game in the pro level, mm -hmm. but. I think, well, I want to say this on my video as well. One of the big things that I've learned is just in like possession, for example, is if I want to make the pass from me to you mm -hmm. and I want to do it in one touch, in Australia, I'll be able to get away with that because they won't be able to read it. But it's almost every time I've done it here, I'll see the pass. And in Australia, I'll be like, man, that's a really clever pass. Like, I'm not even going to look. I remember this one, it was to the right back, uh, to the left back overlapping and I got played it from the centre back. I didn't even look, I kind of tapped it with the outside of my foot. I was like, man, that's clever. Intercepted. Mm -hmm. I went, what? How? And so what I notice, I'm starting to notice is here in the USL, it's everybody reads everything. Mm -hmm. They know what pass you want to make. Whereas in Australia, they're that split second slower. Mm -hmm. And that one touch pass, no look, 
everyone goes, damn, what a ball, eh? Yeah. So that's the big difference I'm seeing where it's almost like you have more time, but you have less time in the USL. So you have more time to make your decision because you should take a touch sometimes, but you have less time because as soon as you take that touch, you're like screwed. You need to know what your next pass is. Mm -hmm. And then in Australia, it's like a bit slow because you can make that one touch pass that won't get intercepted. And that's... That's been my biggest takeaway so far. It's kind of like just like from the the amateur level or semi pro level to the pro level is like the tactical IQ. Yeah, is like what you like. That's it because it's like even as a right back. Like for for example, if I see this guy running and then you get the ball, I'm like, and I it's like okay, he's he's a good yeah. chance he's going to do that one touch ball, you know? Yeah. So it's like okay, I'm not going to run out at him. <laughs> and it's funny is what's really funny is I did the opposite almost when I went back down to New Zealand. There was a time where I had the ball on the wing. And I had an overlapping guy. So this guy was running and overlapping me. Yeah. And I was like at the corner of the 18. And so I expected the defender to take a few steps to the overlapping guy. Like get ready to start shifting over and this guy come in, you know? Like a good tactical play. Yeah. And he just stood there. So then I did like a step over out like to really fake it. And again, just stands there. And so that ball, that one-time ball right there was perfectly on. Yeah. But I thought he was going to read it. But uh, he doesn't read yeah. it. So it's just it's kind of funny. Um, and But yeah, it's... it's uh, little things like that and then obviously you have like the consistency and stuff Mm. i think everything else is so obvious i I don't even want to touch on it um that's just been the biggest takeaway i've had yeah and i've noticed that too even like when i was playing with the first time with sacramento republic about how like even playing rondos like it's just like players would even start to attack you this way and as soon as you start to pass both of them jump in the center yeah and you play right in the center where the opening is they like bait you exactly a little bit smarter a bit smarter um Let's see, what's a good one? Oh, what's it like to train with Jonah one-on-one? Oh, I have nothing but good words for Jonah one-on-one mm-hmm. and his crew. I think Jonah and uh, Jules and Shano are all top quality coaches. I think each of them are just, they all have different qualities about them, which makes it so good. So sometimes you're trained with Jonah mm-hmm. and it's going to be quality. Sometimes you're going to train with Shano and you're going to, pick up something else which is so good so having three coaches there Mm -hmm. that all have such knowledge it's just incredible because you're gonna learn something different from each one but it's all they all like fit in here it's not like one's coming from here and then another one's out here it's like they all fit in the box but they're picking like different parts you're picking different parts from the box from each coach and so then like they all have the same sort of drills. Mm-hmm. It's not the same drill every week. Uh, they're f- getting you to focus on different things. And I just think they've, well, when I started training with them, I just couldn't stop scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, my part, like they just get you to, they expect such high quality. And yeah, I just, I loved it. Yeah. I, that's something I really miss over here. I, know, I, I, I was watching the sessions. I was really jealous yeah. of the sessions. And I was it, like, wow, those are sick. It's not just like, you go there and it's not okay let's go training like they have such good banter as well Mm -hmm. that you're you're excited to train because you'll do something and like jonah's gonna get hyped lee lee's gonna get hyped shano's gonna get hyped if you do something good jasper in goals he's gonna get so angry if he lets it if you score on like six on him so there's that incentive to score like six in a row so that he loses it Uh uh-huh there's just this whole vibe which makes it 
crazy, like real yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's really. I don't know. I'm I've was seeing the drills of everything you post. I'm I really rate them. And even we were talking with uh, like the OPSM guys, and like they're just like, yeah, really rate yeah. genre one on one stuff. Like <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I, if I ever go to Australia, one of the first things Sydney, right? Sydney? Yeah, Sydney. So the first thing I want to do is is you know I'll look him up. And oh. then if I have extra time, I'll, I'll hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question. Last question. Um, what, so I'm going to change this a little bit because it's tailored to me, but I want to tailor it to both of this, but, okay. um, what is your dream for after your pro career? Oh man. Um, dream after pro career. I think I'd love to like document someone else's journey. Mm-hmm. I've like, if I ever got a, let's just say I lost a leg and I could never play football again. Okay. I'd love to s- work for Jesse Lingard or work for I can't, Kyle Walker mm-hmm. those sorts of players and go hey let me document your journey mm-hmm. and I just I'll edit it I'll video it I'll take 20% of the earnings whatever mm-hmm. and so that I get a life in I get a view into their life but I can also like I film for them I edit for them mm-hmm. and I like showcase behind the scenes for them I think that could be really cool, but oh yeah, and then obviously steps. Yeah. Um. So that I think that would be like a really cool hobby to have, mm-hmm. just going around and like filming pro footballers. Would you? So would you do it like, like just on one video type thing? Well, or would it be like a week long, or would you do a full season, or like what? How long would you? So like, it's kind of based off the idea a little bit. There's these guys in Australia called YKTR, who uh-huh. it's a clothing brand who they're owned by. Two NRL players and another guy called Isaac John, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he has this kind of vision of the NR- how the NRL, if you guys don't know NRL, it's National Rugby League in Australia. And the media around it is all very bad. Like, there's nothing good. And so they kind of said the same sort of thing. Each week, they want to have a week where they show a game day of a player. Mm-hmm. But And I kind of had that thought for a while. And then he said, I was like, dude, he just took my idea. <laughs> but... That's I think that would be so cool to showcase. Yeah, like I see. maybe it's a week a week with Jesse Lingard. That would be and sick. you go Monday to Friday, Monday to Sunday, and he has two games, he has a Wednesday and a Saturday game, and it's an hour long video. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, and then so that would be a cool sort of hobby thing and then even if I hired someone to do it, like that could, could be a cool business, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Uh but then, of course, steps. So I really want to get into team wear with steps. I'm seeing as I don't have a team lockdown this season, or well, right now I'm in the process of trialing and everything. Mm-hmm. I really want to have steps be a kit supplier. Mm-hmm. So supply team for kit, uh, teams with kits, and then slowly work my way up and get to like Real Madrid and mm-hmm. Manchester. So you want to do the full. Like jersey, everything, yeah. So shorts. Uh, I was wearing them before. I wore the step shorts. Yeah, but, I see, I see um, yeah. It's a it's a long process because you got to get the samples in. So those shorts, I wore. I love the design, but the material isn't quite right. Yeah. And so I have to get another sample in. But I could be here for another two days. Mm-hmm. So then, how am I going to get that sample? Yeah. And I'm not going to send it back to Australia because I don't want Dad to check it. I want to check it. I yeah. want to make sure that it's what I want. So it's a little bit hard once. I'm locked down for like nine months next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think I'll really hit that a bit harder and try and get more teams with kids. So you want to do like you have resistance bands, 
the socks. Then you want to do full kits. Everything. So yeah. So how do you want to turn it like a apparel line, like, like something like what Nike? Would yeah, yeah. So to do basically, I want to do what it goes: grip socks, resistance bands. Then I want to do t-shirts next. That's something I need to do. And then I have like a list. So I want to get into like slides, for mm-hmm. example. And then I eventually I want to get into boots. Mm-hmm. Um, but boots would be crazy. Obviously, boots you need a lot of money. I maybe for a sample it's going to cost you like I couldn't even imagine if I wanted because I wanted to do those. What do you call it? Uh, Handheld stick, rollers. Stick rollers. Yeah, that was thousands of thousands of dollars just to get a sample. Yeah. Like I won't even say the amount. It was that ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so I can only imagine what a boot is. It might be like forty grand, dude. Yeah. yeah so probably. like I don't know. That's a lot further down the line. But yeah, get into boots and then become this sort of big player because I think a lot of it's just dominated by Nike, Adidas, mm. Puma. Like I want to break in that as well. <laughs> I, we, I say all, all of, of those different. different. Yeah. Nike, <laughs> Adidas, and Puma. <laughs> No, I, I can see that. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's cool. And then um, do you see yourself living in Australia? Like, is that where you want to be, Sydney? Wait, so how old am I? This is just dream after your oh, career. Oh, after career? Um, I don't know. It depends, wherever. Uh-huh. Like, if... Uh, Bali, maybe? like Bali? Just living in Who knows? Home. Like, you, so, it could yeah. be in America. Yeah, so you have no idea. It, the location doesn't matter. You could be anywhere. Depends on the wife and kids, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. So... Um, yeah, and then so the question was like about um, there's like obviously a lot of people know that like my coaching like one of the coaching facility. So like for me, it's like once I'm done, I immediately want to do like a start small. Immediately. Then, yeah, like a summer, okay. maybe a, maybe a year of traveling and resting, but then after that, yeah, because I, 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 I know I want to live in America. I know I want to live in like California, like San Diego, and I maybe unless maybe gets a great job somewhere else or something happens like oh my imagine imagine you having to move for Mimi I told her I was like hey I was like you give me until I, I talked about it. I was like you give this you know give me 10 years of doing this like the rest of our life I'll follow you around I'll be like the soccer girlfriend you know yeah yeah, yeah. I'll do whatever um so it's kind of funny but like that's kind of like our compromise so right now is like my time yeah, but yeah. wherever I am, I want to do some sort of facility where it's like training and do like a donor one-on-one type thing. Yeah. If I have my own facility, I want like a soccer tennis court. I want like a, with those like football not things that the ball like yeah. launches out and you trap it down and you hit it. Having like a proper football tennis court, like even that's, for me, that sounds cooler than that football not thing because it's oh, yeah. like, it's just specifically Have you seen, have you seen the tech ball uh, like tables that are like yeah, the curved yeah, yeah. tables? I want one of those tables, you know? Yeah. And then like I want like uh, like a half field where you can like do actual training sessions and, sh- and goals. Yeah. And then I want like a podcast room. I want it like, and the whole idea by that is not only to train and to train high level players, but then also to like a, a great content, you know, in yeah. there. Imagine inviting you down there and then I can beat you in soccer tennis at the at my soccer I'll tennis. I still have the title. <laughs> I will have... Anyway, also, this is a shout out to anyone out there. If you want a shot at the football tennis championship and you're actually able to get to me wherever I am, send me a message on Instagram. Wow, you're taking up people's offers. Yep, I um, will maybe take up your offer depending on your CV and who else you've competed against. But <laughs> I knocked off the number one contender. I'm looking for a number two contender. That's frustrating. All right, but that's good. Yeah, so that's like uh, that's the dreams of... It's funny too about how like we're pretty much doing the same thing, but then even like the dreams afterwards are very different. Like, yeah. I don't want to get into a... I, if someone wants to run a bit, come a lead a peril line, they can do it, but like I do not want to get yeah, into it Yeah, but see, myself. I don't want to... Eventually, I don't want to be the guy that has to deal with like 
the kit. Like, I want the end product of the kit and be like, yeah, yeah this material is cool, the design's cool, but I don't want to be the guy that's sitting there on the computer designing the kit yeah. or speaking to the supplier about the materials. I just want, all right, yeah. this is what the design is looking at. You guys do it. Give me 10 kits. Mm-hmm. And I go, I like this one. Yeah. That's, I could see that. Yeah. And then, I, and then I do all of the work in between. So I go to Real Madrid. I sit down with, what's his name? Fiorentino Perez. Yeah. I sit down with him. I go, hey, want some steps, bro? <laughs> Just a casual meeting with him. He's like, do yeah. you think, do you <laughs> he think, says to me, yeah, bro. Do you think you would still be putting out YouTube videos? Do you see yourself doing that? Yeah, because then I'd just put out, oh, I'd be less on like my personal channel, but then more on the steps channel. Okay. So you would still put out, like you still want YouTube to be part of your business and part of your life for yeah. for, for the, as long as you can. Because why not? I want to leave a legacy behind. <laughs> yeah. Gary V. Gary V, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's the same for me too. I think like I, I, I want to put out videos for as long as I can because I just like, like I said, I love the process. If I, if yeah. like I take a break, have you ever taken, you have never even taken no, a break. I have. I took like a month and a half break, I think, halfway through my. Did you yeah. crave making videos during that break? I think I was more like, wow, I'm missing out on such good content I could be filming. Like, not just for my audience, but for mm-hmm. like, for me in the future. Like, I went to Bali. It would have been so cool to vlog every day in Bali. Like, yeah. I just got sick in Bali. Like, I'm vomiting so much. That'd be amazing to watch. I like, could not wait to watch that. <laughs> but <laughs> my kid will watch it and be like, dude, dad, how sick were you in Bali? I go, son, sit down. <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah, I, I physically, like, crave the actual editing process of, like, man, I want to edit a video. I yeah. want to do, I want to put something out, like. But in saying that, if I got bored, I'd stop, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm looking forward to, too, is, like, when you're done, like, I was just like, you know what? I'm for done. a whole month, I'm taking vacation, no camera, nothing. Yeah. Literally just if, being a normal person. But for me, I can't. I got to, st- I think I'm going to keep doing this, because depending on what happens, what, so I came, I still have, like, two and a half months on my visa which is mm. 60 75 days and i'm on day 339 i think i'm just i don't know whether i'm gonna do back to day 001 yeah or day 366 i don't know i'm gonna have to mm. talk to you about that one I'm gonna figure it out but yeah i'm gonna go non-stop until i leave that's good or until i sign that's good hopefully that's gonna be cool well this was the against all odds podcast thank you sheldon tweedy all his stuff will be in the uh, description yes sir check him out um and then best of luck with the with the journey thanks brother yeah all right catch you guys on the next one peace Peace. nice